When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Hauser, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. Mothers Some say that they are the first country all of us have ever lived in. They are often loved, sometimes feared, and they have been celebrated this past Sunday in many corners of the world. There are as many stories about mothers as there are stars in the sky, and I'm very happy to share two particularly beautiful ones with you today. There is a tea house on the west coast of Ireland where I have lost a piece of my heart. After my last visit, I brought back various boxes of tea, and during the past few weeks, they have become the elixir of my life. I've sipped and slurped my way through the whole selection of herbal, spicy and fruity brews, delighting in the tiny, warm explosions on my taste buds. And all too soon did I reach the bottom of those boxes. It was high time I ordered some more. And after dropping the usual favorites into my virtual shopping bag, poetic blends like dreamy, creamy Galway tea, misty morning dew or storm in a teacup, I spotted a flavor I hadn't seen before. St. Anthony's Spell, it said. It didn't come in their usual brown paperback packaging, but in a small, vintage-looking tin box, and there was only one left. I added it to my bag on a whim, not even looking at the ingredients, and then placed my order. By the time the parcel arrived from Ireland, I had already forgotten about it and was all the more delighted by the novel tea amongst my standard order. The tin looked very vintage indeed, and there was no label that described the ingredients, only a handwritten brown tag that read, Sip with care. Intrigued, I heaped a spoonful of the blue dried petals into a mug and brewed myself a cup of tea. The steam gave off a sweet, almost nostalgic scent, and the water instantly turned a for it to cool down and so I took a sip and the tea scalded my lips and suddenly I remembered that I should have ordered tea bags as well. Ah well, next time. And so I set the mug down to let it cool. The first teller for this episode is Laura Packer. Laura is an enthralling storyteller, coach, real-time dreamer and altogether inspiring human being. She's based in Minnesota, and I first met her through her live storytelling on Facebook during the lockdown time that we're in. 
She is still doing it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I highly recommend you check it out. It was there that I first heard her tell the story that she's going to share with you now, the enchanting South American tale of the old woman and the ocean child. There was once an old woman who lived in a hut at the edge of the sea. She was too old and weak to be able to work in the fields anymore, so she spent her days wandering along the seaside, and truly, this is what suited her best. Some days she would find fish swimming in little pools and take them home for her dinner. Other days it might be shrimp or crabs or clams, and some days there was nothing at all. Some days she would find driftwood scattered around the beach, and she would take it home to build herself a warm little fire, and other days the beach would be swept clear. It was a somewhat precarious way to live, but it was her life, and she loved every moment of it. There was once a huge storm with great crashing waves that pounded down upon the beach. She hid in her little hut and listened to the wind try and tear the walls apart. But time passed, as did the storm, as all storms do. And when the sun rose the next day, the old woman wandered out to see what the ocean had brought. There was firewood everywhere. She picked up load after load and brought it back to her hut as she set it out in the sun to dry. And then she took a basket and wandered along the shore, picking up seaweed and clams, little fish and shrimp. And then in front of her, she saw the biggest crab she had ever seen. She was delighted this would make her a fine meal. And so she set the crab carefully in her basket and covered it with seaweed, then walked back home. When she got back to her hut, she removed the seaweed and was about to pull the crab out when she realized that the shell had cracked open. She was dismayed, thinking she had been so careful, and she quickly grabbed a knife so she could scoop out the meat. But as soon as she opened up the crab shell just a little bit more, she realized that the inside of the crab was not full of meat, and instead there was a beautiful baby. She picked the child up, and she could see that from the waist up, it was a beautiful little girl with curly hair and bright eyes and rosy cheeks. From the waist down, she had the body of a fish. A long tail waved back and forth, the light glittering on the scales like opals. The baby smiled at her, and she felt her heart melt. She cradled the child, but then thought, I do not know how to take care of a child from the sea. And so she wrapped the baby in a blanket and made her way up to the wise woman who lived on the hill far above the village. When she got there, the wise woman looked at the child and examined her very closely for a long time. And then she handed the gurgling baby back to the old woman and said, this is a Pinkoya's daughter. She is the daughter of one of the sea fairies. Her mother must have put her in the great crab shell to keep her safe because she is too small to swim well yet, and her mother must have been afraid that the sea wolves would get her. The force of the storm washed her ashore. I do not know how to care for this child, said the old woman, and I would hate to do her any harm. What must I do? 
The wise woman told her that she must go back down to the beach and wrap the baby up and then set her on a rock far above the line of the tide, and then she should hide and see what happens. And that is what she did. She swaddled the baby and put her on a warm, sunny rock well above the tide line, and then she hid and waited. After more time than it takes to tell about it, but not very much time at all, there appeared a pinkoya, a beautiful woman who, from the waist up, was human with long, tumbling hair, bright eyes and rosy cheeks, and skin that glittered with salt. And from the waist down, she had the long, strong tail of a fish. As the sunlight glinted off of it, the old woman could see the colors of emeralds and rubies and opals. The woman looked so happy to see her child and then distressed that she could not leave the sea to go cradle her. And so the old woman slowly stood up and said, I found your baby here after the storm. She picked up the baby and put her back in her mother's arms, and her mother cried out with joy, Oh, thank you so much. I hid her in the great crab shell to keep her safe from the sea wolves. She is far too small and cannot swim quickly enough to escape them, and I did not want her to be harmed. The storm must have jarred her shell, and she was washed up here. The old woman felt her eyes begin to fill with tears because even in this short time she had fallen in love with the child. And then the Pinkoya said, May I ask a favor of you? The old woman nodded. Would you keep my child here? I will fill all of the coves and all of the stone hollows with fresh fish and shrimp and all of the things that you love to eat. They will be good for my child, too. Please keep her until she is big enough that I can teach her how to swim, so she will be safe from the sea wolves. I will come visit almost every day, I promise. The old woman could not believe her luck. She loved this child, so she wasn't ready to release her out into the world, and so, of course, she agreed. The Pinkoya smiled with such brightness it seemed as though the sun, there was another sun in the sky. She embraced her baby one more time, handed her to the old woman, and then dove back down under the waves. The old woman took the baby back to her hut, and there she cared for her with great love and affection. Every day, she would wander the beach with her basket, and she would find fish and shrimp and crabs and clams and seaweed and firewood and everything that she could possibly need. She loved watching the Pinkoya baby grow, first just splashing in the shallow waves and then beginning to make her way out to the water that would come up to just your ankle or your knee. And every day the Pinkoya came to work with her baby, to hug her, embrace her, love her, and to teach her how to swim first in the shallowest of water, and then deeper and deeper and deeper still. When the old woman watched the baby play with the mother, she was both filled with delight and heartbroken, because she knew that the day would soon come when the child would have to leave. And soon enough, it did. One day, the Pinkoya said to the old woman, my daughter will soon be strong enough to come and live with me down deep in the waters amongst her own people. I am so grateful for everything that you have done. That evening, after the Pinkoya had left and the Pinkoya's daughter was fast asleep in her own little bed, the old woman crept out of the house and back to the wise woman on the hill. 
Wise woman, she said, soon enough my foster daughter will go back to the ocean, and I do not know if I can live without her. I could keep her with me. I could just keep her from the water, and she would be with me forever. But the old woman replied, you know that is not the right thing to do. And two, were you to do that, I am sure that the ocean would revenge itself upon you. And so... The old woman, knowing the truth in her heart, crept back down to her hut and tried to sleep and failed. Just a few days later, the Pinkoya said that it was time to take her daughter down to the deep and that she was so grateful for everything she had done. The old woman began to weep and the Pinkoya said, Fear not, my daughter will visit you because we are both so grateful for your kindness and for your love. And so it was. The Pinkoya's daughter left with her mother and dove down deep, deep, deep into the ocean to live with her own people. But soon enough, she went back to the old woman and visited with her foster mother with such joy. When the old woman saw her, her face split open in a smile, tears of happiness streamed down her cheeks, and the old woman had the pleasure of seeing her foster daughter grow from a girl to a young woman to a woman who was kind and smart and strong. Every time that Pinkoya's daughter visited, she gave the old woman a great pearl, and every time the old woman walked the beach, she found all of the things that she loved most in the world. And so it was that she spent the rest of her days in happiness and contentment, delighted to know that her foster daughter loved her still, and knowing that she had all she could need. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Mother Rapunzel's Nursery. Grant your child the wish of a magical upbringing and register now for Mother Rapunzel's Nursery. Located in an enchanting tower and surrounded by a lush garden, Mother Rapunzel's Nursery is so tucked away that only registered parents can find it. Our hand-picked caregivers are not only the very best in their field, but they are also all trained storytellers and musicians, able to pick up any story or tune humming in the walls of our ancient tower. It is their greatest joy to engage your child in activities that will foster successful development in all areas, from puzzles to baking, paper mache, a bit of ballet and chess, pottery and ventriloquy, candle making, stretching, maybe sketching, climbing and sewing dresses. Our food is organic and home cooked, with fresh produce from our garden. Tuition may cost you an arm or a leg. But it includes a witch repellent spell with warranty up to your child's 13th birthday with the option of an extension to legal age. Mother Rapunzel's Nursery. Royal care for your heir. Did you know that you have a magical power? Yes, you. You didn't know? Well, if your interest is piqued and you'd like to find out more, you can for as little as $4 a month by becoming a patron of the podcast. And you'll not only find out whether you can make tight flower buds burst into bloom with your laugh or hear what goes on in the heads of cats, you'll also receive other goodies such as hidden stories or postcards. 
Head on over to storystorypodcast.com to find out more about sponsorship opportunities and what's in it for you. You can also write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers discover the delight of traditional storytelling. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. As the tea cooled, its color changed from the deepest blue to the shimmering purple of an amethyst. I followed the instructions on the tag and carefully took another sip. It tasted sweet, a bit like magic. Wrapping my hands around the still warm mug, I looked out the window. Mist was settling on the trees on the hill, and my thoughts drifted to a quiet day of a long-past holiday, where I held a picnic high up on a cliff, looking out over the Atlantic, with the wind playing gently with my hair, the sun kissing my face, and the lullaby of the waves far below. I smiled, losing myself in the memory. As the tea cooled, its color changed from shimmering purple to the palest blush pink of an apple blossom. Still following the instruction on the tag, I very carefully took another sip, and I heard a laugh, familiar and yet unfamiliar. With another sip, I closed my eyes and I saw the face of my grandmother standing in her kitchen, whipping up a batch of her famous chocolate custard. She's been dead for over 20 years, and I had long since forgotten the sound of her voice and the way her whole face would light up when she laughed. As the flavor of the tea faded from my tongue, the image of my grandmother disappeared, and my heart ached with longing. And carefully... I took another sip. The second teller for this episode is Eliza Permain, a professional storyteller with over 30 years of experience under her belt. She's also a licensed therapist, helping adults to hear their own stories in new ways for personal growth and healing. In this episode, she takes us to the faraway land of India with the wisdom tale, The Gift of Time. Here is a folk tale from India. When Rika first went to live with her new husband's family, she was very happy, for it is not every girl in India who falls in love with the man who is chosen for her. But her joy so quickly turned to sorrow as she felt that her mother-in-law was cruel to her. Well, this woman never seemed to be satisfied with anything she did, her cooking or her cleaning. Rika, she would call incessantly. The bed covers are crooked. Rika, the laundry smells sour. Her mother-in-law threw her bread in the garbage and spit out her stews. She spent endless hours redoing her work. She soon came to hate the sound of her mother-in-law's voice as she so often chastised her. As time went by, things seemed to just get worse. 
Rika wanted so badly to have children with her husband, but she could not bear the thought of living under this woman's roof much longer. Thoughts of leaving or worse began to fill her troubled mind. One day, in the marketplace, she heard some women talking about a medicine seller who made powerful potions. She returned to his stall the next week and, and whispered to him when no one was near, Babaji, Babaji, this is terrible to ask, but I am desperate. Could you make me a potion that would, that would kill my mother-in-law so slowly that, that no one would suspect it was my doing? Oh, she is cruel to me, beyond measure. The old man shook his head. Do not think that you are the first pride to come seeking such a potion. He then disappeared into the back of his stall, and he returned some time later with a brown, dusty bottle. This is the most powerful potion I know of. Massage your mother-in-law with it each day, and on the day, when the last of the oil is gone, your mother-in-law will die in her sleep. Rika ran home and the very next day asked her mother-in-law if she would like her to massage her shoulders. At first, she was rough, digging in deeply to her tense muscles with her thumbs, but she felt her mother-in-law wince with pain and so she became gentler and her mother-in-law relaxed. The next day, her mother-in-law asked for a massage again, and the day after that. And one day, as Rika was massaging her, the mother-in-law said, My mother-in-law was cruel to me. Huh, just like me, thought Rika. She would beat me regularly. Now I need to do my duty as a mother-in-law to train you well, but I have spared you the rod because I see how good you are to my son. I do love him very much said Rika. Ah, just like me, thought the mother-in-law. One day, during the massage, the mother-in-law asked, Are you ever homesick, Rika? I was very homesick when I was a new bride. I would cry whenever I was alone. Just like me, thought Rika again. And it wasn't long before she got up the nerve to say, I do miss my mother. She used to brush my hair and tell me stories. Oh, just like mine, where she told me fabulous stories about magical animals and clever rajas. Yes, said Rika, excitedly, almost forgetting her reserve. And, and, and the brave little parrot, do you know that one? Yes, I do. Well, the two soon came to enjoy these times together, finding more and more in common. And Rika noticed that her mother-in-law was gentler toward her, her voice was becoming softer, and less often did she make her redo her work. One day, the mother-in-law offered to brush Rika's hair and told her a story. Then one day, Rika noticed that there was only one more day's worth of oil in the bottle. She made an excuse and hurried to the marketplace. Babaji, the bottle of potion is almost empty. What can I do? I, I no longer wish for my mother-in-law to die. We have become friends. We have so much in common. Fear not, my child. This bottle was filled with cooking oil and fragrance. The real potion I gave you was the gift of time. Time to discover your similarities and become friends. Go home and 
share this lesson with your daughters. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Laura Packer and Eliza Permain on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find Rachel Ann and the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Story Story Podcast or rachelannharding.com. And you can find me at isabelhauser.com. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was the tea house Cup and Tay in Galway. They really do have the most magnificent and poetic teas and a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. Check out the beautiful visuals for the fairy tale sponsors and let us know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If supporting the podcast is not in the cards for you right now, no worries. We'd also be delighted to read a review from you on iTunes. Head on over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal